down in Petersburg, everything's fine. All lamb cats is drinking that wine, drinking that mess is their delight. When he gets drunk, start singing all night, drinking wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Drinking that mess is their delight. When he gets drunk, start fighting all night. Welcome to this solo episode of Tasting Anarchy. I'm Jake Lindsay. Like I said, this is a solo episode. Mason was not able to make it, but I kind of wanted to keep the the weekly tradition of doing the show up. This episode's probably only going to be 10 or 15 minutes long, but I wanted to share a wine I had with you guys this week. But due to the short episode, I think that maybe I'll put one of our backlog episodes out from 2017 that we you know never released. They're pretty interesting episodes, I think, especially since it sort of shows like how we've changed as far as our tastes and stuff goes. It, it may be only noticeable to us because everybody who knows anything about wine is like, oh, these these uh, amateurs, they don't know anything at all. But you know, let me go ahead and share with you guys the wine that I had this week. Victoria found this really good deal on Wall Street Journal, and I guess it's Wall Street Journal wines or something. I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but it was like 80 bucks for 12 wines, and that makes the wines pretty cheap. And some of the wines were fairly expensive, like $30 a bottle. I, I mean, expensive from Mason and my perspective, but you know, about $30 a bottle for a few of them. Some of them were, were pretty cheap and some of them were really cheap, like $7 a bottle. But overall, I think it averaged out to about $15 a bottle. So 12 bottles at about $15 each for 80 bucks is a pretty good deal. So if you guys go check out the Wall Street Journal wines, you know, it's a good deal. And the wine that I'm going to share with you guys today, I think was especially good. And you might, you might want to, you know, go check it out yourself. I don't know if you get the same wines in every box, but if the first one that I tried, and actually tonight I'm sipping on a Pinot Noir from that, that's, that's also very good. I'm going to go ahead and share with you guys the one that I had. It's uh, called, I'm going to, and I'm going to butcher this because it's Spanish. Uh, Las Barcas Gran Reservara, Reserva, Reserva, I guess. It is a Cabernet Sauvignon. It's from Catalonia. And I know that I've talked to everyone about Catalonia before on the show because the secession movement there is particularly interesting to me. Um, we've, you know, had criticism of it and we've had, you know, pro arguments for it. And I'm pretty much pro secession any time that you can secede because I think it normalizes it. I'm going to kind of, you know, save the political talk for later and just stick to the wine. This one, I think, has a really interesting story. And what's cool about the Wall Street Journal wines is that they give you like a brief summary of the wine and a little bit of the history and a little bit of the history of the region. I won't actually read the history or the region's history, um, but I'm going to go ahead and read the the little wine summary that they have at the top. And it, and here it is. So it says the wine. Perfectly mature Grand Reservas are Spain's gift to the wine lovers everywhere. These smooth, these smooth beauties are only made in excellent vintages like 2011 and only released at their delicious peak after they've spent years mellowing in oak barrels and in the bottle. Wait until you taste this extra special, extra special complex find. It was made for you at Ramon Roqueta's Bodage. I don't know what that is, but it's in Catalonia. And the wine itself, I did think was exceptionally good. And I was a little bit surprised because this is, this one was one of the ones that was a little cheaper. I think it was about $10 a bottle when I looked it up. And I actually had a hard time finding a price for it because it's not on 
you know, my normal stomping sites where I go to get information about wine or to, you know, buy wine. I, you know, you've, those of you who've been listening for a while know that Mason and I frequent Total Wine and it's, they've got a ton of wine. So it's just an easy place. And there's one locally here in Dallas and there's one pretty close to where Mason lives in Norfolk, you know, makes it an easy place to shop. But this one is not available at Total Wine. So, but if you can find it somewhere else, go for it because I think it's really good. And I'll, and I'll share with you guys the uh, notes that Wall Street Journal has, and then you can see how my notes compare to it. And I'm still not, you know, a wine expert. Mason and I's goal with the show has always been to keep wine accessible and less hoity-toity, especially since we don't really know anything about it to be hoity-toity. And neither one of us are very good actors, so we don't pretend to know very much about it. We just drink what they like. I happen to really like Cabernet Sauvignons and Mason tends to like, you know, Pinot Gris and that sort of thing. But this one here, I have notes that are, I guess, similar and that, and I'm kind of proud of myself for that. So I wanted to share it with everybody. So the notes that the Wall Street Journal gives on it, they say aroma, sweet red fruits and plum lifted by notes of vanilla and tobacco. And then the Wall Street Journal says the taste is fine grain tannins, vibrant strawberry and raspberry flavors rounded out by mellow oakiness. So that sounds pretty good. And I hope, you know, you guys want to give that a try, but let me read you my notes on it and you can see how it compares. The smell, blackberry and rubbing alcohol. I did not detect the tobacco, but after I read that it had tobacco, I kind of went, oh yeah, I guess I sort of see that. So that might be something I'll keep in mind in the future is the, you know, the smell of tobacco. And I've, and I've talked about this before that when I was a kid, there was a store that my mom shopped at for groceries called Raley's. And I always wanted to check out at the register that was closest to the back, the tobacco section, because I like the way that tobacco smells. So I am familiar with that smell. And after they mentioned it, I kind of went, oh yeah, that is, that is kind of a familiar smell in this. I didn't detect a very strong smell of it, but I did I did sort of recognize it. So I'm hoping maybe in the future my notes will be a little closer to, you know, what a professional's notes are. The taste I wrote, unripened blackberry, which I think kind of means it was a little bit tart, acidic, tannic, sweet, and a little bit of pepper. So not terribly, terribly far off. Again, I wrote some notes on it. I said I had I gave it four stars out of five. I liked it quite a lot. I I I mean, I drank it over three or four days, but I thought it was really good. At first, it was a little bit aggressive, and I'm not super into that, but after drinking it for a little while, and I tried the aerator on it, and it did kind of mellow out a lot. Uh, I think next time, if I get this this particular wine, I might try a different vintage. I did a little research online, and it said that the 2013 vintage is was a particularly good year. And as the review from Wall Street Journal said, they only put vintages on the years that were good years. So 2011, 2013 for this particular wine were both good years. 2012 apparently was not because there's not a 2012 vintage. One thing that I think is really interesting about that, and I had to do some research to find this out, is that that's a pretty common practice in Europe, is that they only give vintage for particularly good years. And sometimes it's many years in between vintages. And what they'll do is, if it's not a great year, they won't put a vintage on it, and they'll use that wine to blend with other years. So you might have a 2014, 2015, 2016 all blended together just to be the regular release of that particular wine as it becomes available. And this sort of leads me into the article that I wanted to present to you guys. And I'm trying to keep it to about 15 minutes. And so it looks like I'm pretty close. So the article was from decanter.com, which is one that I go to a lot. And it's called UK winemakers face storage challenge for 2018 harvest. So the gist of the story is that this has been one of the best years the UK has had in memory. And I think we've talked about this before that 
England used to be a, a pretty big producer of wine. It was much warmer there, maybe 800 years ago. And But now it's warming up again, and some people are saying this is evidence for global warming. That may be true, may not be. I don't know. It's kind of irrelevant to the topic. This year, though, was very, very good, and they had this like warm spat that made the season a little bit longer. And in UK and like Norfolk and Cornwall and these types of places in England, they usually only get about five tons of grapes per hectare. And this year they got 10 tons per hectare. And this is this is after in the UK they've actually expanded a lot of their vineyards because people are drinking more wine. So they're taking you know they're taking signals from the market as we always talk about, and um, they're expanding their their you know grape growing area. But this year it was so good that even with the expanded grape growing area, they have twice as much as they've ever had at least in memory. Now the increasing yield is actually posing kind of an unexpected problem, but it's, it's you know it's a happy problem to have. They don't actually have enough room to store the extra grapes or to process them. And so for large producers, it's not as big of a deal because they can they can go, you know, if they have a vineyard in or a winery in France, they can get some of the equipment to be sent over to England, or maybe they can send some of their grapes to the other one. And so the one that, that they talk about in this particular article was uh, a, a wine producer called Simpsons. And uh, they're a very large producer and they have uh, wineries in France and vineyards in France. So they just had their French vineyards send over uh extra barrels and extra vats so that they could store these wines. And they even had them send over some presses. And, you know, wine presses are pretty big pieces of equipment. So they're heavy and it costs a lot of money to, to store or to ship them. So it's pretty clear that like this is a big harvest. Um, small producers are actually having a much harder time with this. And this is just kind of economies of scale. They, they're they producing all of these grapes. So they're at maximum capacity. They're trying to get large producers to take some of their excess grapes under contract to do contract wine producing. And the larger contractors or the larger wineries are saying like, we don't even have room for our wine grapes. Like what, how can we do yours? So this is, it's an interesting dilemma. I'm very curious to see how this plays out. If they can sell these grapes to somebody overseas to produce them, maybe they can send them to France or Spain or South Africa and South because South Africa has been experiencing a drought as we've you know discussed on the show before. They're not producing nearly as many grapes as they were, so maybe they can actually process them down there. I don't know what the whole shipping process of grapes, so I don't know if that's something easy to do or something hard to do. This is going to be very, very good for people who like wine. Like Hopefully you listeners are listening to this for a wine talk because otherwise this episode is <laughs> on deaf ears, um, but it's going to be really good for us here in, in America and just in in general because there's going to be really high quality English vintages for 2018 or English vintage for 2018 and it's because they produce so much of it it's probably going to be a pretty good price as well so the the article that I read had actually it linked to a uh, to 15 wines English wines that you should try the, I mean the list was fine but I'm not going to read it because it was like one of those pay lists. So I, I don't know if that's against the rules or whatever. But one thing I did notice about English wines is that they had a couple of, of types that I've never heard of. One was a uh, Pinot Noir Rosé. Uh, I'm interested to try that. And apparently that's going to be very good this year. Uh, they also have a lot of um, Bacchus varietals, I guess. I don't know what Bacchus means, and I actually have never had one like this, but it, it's a white wine that sounds like it might be something up uh, Mason's Alley, but if it's dry, it's probably up my alley as well. Um, so those are the two that I'm kind of looking forward to. You know, in 2019, if the 2018 vintage becomes available, or maybe it'll be 2020, that's probably what Mason and I will be reviewing a couple of just because it's very interesting to us. Uh, I'll link to the article in the show notes, and I think that's about 
it for this week. If you guys have any questions or comments, you can hit me up at Tasting Anarchy on Twitter, or you can email me at tastinganarchy at gmail.com, or leave a comment on the website at tastinganarchy.com. I think because this was a very short episode, I'm going to release a one of our older episodes in the middle of the week, maybe on Wednesday. I think this is probably going to come out on Friday. Look forward to that. Have a great night, and stay free. When it gets wrong, start fighting all night. Knock down windows and tan down doors. Drinking half gallons and calling for more. Drinking wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Mop, mop. Wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Mop, mop. Wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Mop, mop. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Drink it, man. Oh, give me some of that slop. Oh, pass that bottle to me. If you want to get along in Peter's town, buy some wine and pass it around. The age runs up to 49. All them cats, they love sweet wine. Drinking wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Wine, wine, wine. Elderberry. Wine, wine, wine. Cherry, cherry. Wine, wine, wine. Blackberry. Wine, wine, wine. Horton sherry. Wine, One soldier wanted a bottle of wine. He hit that cat for a dollar and a dime. I drink a wine for the Yodi, drink wine. Bop, bop. Wine for the Yodi, drink wine. Bop, bop. Wine for the Yodi, drink wine. Bop, bop. Pass that bottle to me. Now I got a nickel, have you got a dime? Let's get together and get some wine. Some by fifth and some by four. When you get together, you're doing things smart. Drinking wine for the Yodi, drink wine. Bop, bop. Wine for the Yodi, drink wine. Bop, bop. Wine for the Yodi, drink wine.